Jared McCann will not, will not be available for Seattle to claim in the expansion draft. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates right where you found this. 19 days remain until Ron Francis makes the first call in the Seattle expansion draft. And at no point in that evening will Francis have the option to call McCann's name because he won't be available, because he can't be made available. I get that this has come up an awful lot with the fan base, and I appreciate that. I get that the expansion draft itself is an amazingly hot topic every time one occurs, and I appreciate that as well. It's an unusual thing knowing that a team is just going to come along one day and take a player that's out of your top 10 and you get nothing in return. A lot of these decisions are difficult. A lot of them involve bribing the expansion team. has happened a lot with George McPhee in Vegas, I don't think you'll see it anywhere near as common with Seattle as Francis himself has acknowledged in large part because all of George's tricks got exposed the last time around. You're not going to see uh, teams sending multiple draft picks to avoid so-and-so. And let's not forget that the Penguins, in addition to giving Marc-Andre Fleury away, in the Vegas draft, also sent a second-round pick so that the Golden Knights would promise not to claim Brian Rust. Uh, I mean, you can argue that one a lot of different ways. The fact of the matter is that Brian Rust has been a much, much bigger contributor than your average second-round pick, but still throwing something in so that they avoid this. And then Vegas saying later on the record they were going to take Flurry no matter what. I don't think you're going to see that this time around. I, I really don't. A lot of GMs got really embarrassed. People talk about Jim Rutherford. Look at the players who are still populating that Vegas roster who were part of that original draft and Look at the red faces on the executives who gave up. Jonathan Marchessault, Alex Tuck, William Carlson. The the list just goes on and on. So who will go? Well, you can make up your list a hundred different ways. I'm sure that I've seen a hundred thousand of them. This subject in general doesn't excite me. I, I don't get all that wound up about a team's ninth or 10th or 11th best player being gone one day, enough to put in 
multiple hours, days, or weeks studying the thing. Players get lost all the time. Sometimes it's just an injury. But I, I can see where it's fun. Again, I can appreciate it. What I can't appreciate is McCann's name ever, ever coming up in this discussion. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And for a limited time, our listeners of this show can try out Fubo TV seven days for free and get 15% off your first month. Just visit FuboTV.com slash DK. No contracts, no catches, cancel anytime. FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. And taking the McCann thing further, it's not just that McCann's name comes up. It's McCann versus Teddy Bluger. That's the debate that's out there that I've seen the most often. McCann versus Bluger. Expansion drafts can be funny. As Ron Hextall told Dave Molinari of DK Pittsburgh Sports a couple of weeks ago, a lot of it comes down to fit, meaning from the Seattle standpoint, they get X number of players at a certain position, and then they get X number of players who fit a certain age group that they were hoping to get or a certain style that they have. And by the time your team comes along in their equation, they're looking for something that maybe you hadn't begun to anticipate. That's why the teams who are just being plucked from in the expansion draft really can't do a whole heck of a lot about it. I mean, you can try to do what Rutherford did with the Vegas draft and anticipate, well, there's no way they're not going to take Rust if he's made available, and I just can't afford to lose Rust, so I'm going to do this. But you don't know. You don't know. And they sure don't let out secrets to that effect. But if it does come down to McCann versus Bluger, uh, boy, I have a hard time saying anything negative about Teddy. This is a terrific self-made hockey player who has really turned into a solid, steady, two-way center who scores plenty in addition to taking care of his own end, killing penalties, and being pretty good on face-offs. Teddy does a little bit of everything, but he doesn't do what McCann was doing. McCann was scoring goals like crazy. McCann is 25 years old with decent size, fire in his eyes. The way he performs shift after shift. And this past season, he had 14 goals and 18 assists in 43 games and a plus 17 rating. And you can say whatever you want about the plus minus rating and what it means compared to modern analytical tools. But over a broad period of time, plus 17 in 43 games is pretty nice. He also single-handedly revived the power play to the point it became a debate as to whether... <laughs> He should stay on the unit 
when Evgeny Malkin came back. He didn't, of course, but that doesn't mean there isn't a role for him in that sense in the future. He's 25 years old. Ron Hextall's not dumb. McCann will not be exposed. I'm hoping that Bluger isn't either, but I can't say that I would rather have Bluger than McCann. I, I can't even bring myself to come up with a... You just don't do that in the league. You don't let somebody go. You don't let somebody go for nothing who's scoring goals like that and is functioning on a trajectory the way McCann is at age 25. His best years in the NHL are still ahead of him, and they will be in Pittsburgh. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. And that's brought to you on this program always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank who had a big announcement yesterday, a new rebranding, new logo, some new initiatives. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org to read about this, pittsburghfoodbank.org. And, oh, by the way, while you're there, consider a donation. One dollar is all it takes to serve up five full meals. Today's question comes from Penguin Chick. And she asks, do you think it will be a difficult adjustment for the players going back to the full 82-game season with normal schedule and full arenas? I was thinking about how the rookie players from the past two years really haven't gotten to experience a fully normal season yet. You know, I can honestly say I hadn't thought about this. Uh, And I have thought about some aspects of the full schedule. I've thought about Hopefully, the league continuing the practice of having a couple of games in the same city, if only to cut down on the travel, the wear and tear, and ideally to improve the quality of the play since the players won't be as beaten down. I really thought that that was going to be a tough thing for the league to navigate this past season, especially those times when you'd have three in a row in the same city and same teams and, uh, you know, you worried that things were going to really blow up. And for the most part, it really didn't feel like it was that much of a factor. I mean, yeah, there was some animosity, but that animosity was there the whole way through the schedule because you were playing nothing but divisional teams. So playing the same one back-to-back, I don't know. To me, just as someone who was covering games at home and on the road, it didn't feel like it was some big thing that had to be avoided. I hope that they continue that. But I'm happy that they're going back to the regular schedule. And I agree with you that it's it's going to be tough going from 56 to 82. I think for a lot of players, because there hasn't been very much hockey in general over the last two calendar years. But I also agree with you that the younger players maybe will have a tougher time. Maybe. On one hand, there's been even less minor league hockey, junior hockey, college hockey, and everything else than there has been 
of the NHL. The same has applied across all sports. If you look at Major League Baseball in particular, the minor leagues were the ones that were just completely shut down. And most of the precautions that have been put in place, including the expanded rosters, using more pitchers than ever, has been to protect against pitchers who weren't able to participate much at all in 2020. Well, in hockey, let's say, for example, applying this to the Penguins, that P.O. Joseph takes over for Marcus Pedersen, meaning, of course, that Pedersen would be traded. He's an NHL defenseman. Could we say with confidence that P.O. would come in and be able to handle the whole big wear and tear when he's never done it at the NHL level for any sustained period? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. He's already kind of a skinny dude. If he loses some more weight, that could be problematic for him. Uh, I think there's something there, but I honestly don't think it's too much. I really don't. Uh, The other thing that will happen going into next season is that you're going to have more normal off-season workouts. And yes, I'm talking about you, Evgeny Malkin, unable to find a weight room in a pandemic. Also, a more normal training camp, a more normal preseason schedule. And so I think you'll see players be more ready to participate in a full 82-game schedule than what you might have seen in terms of their readiness for that 56-game schedule? Good question. Good question. I like when I get stumped. I'm pretty much stumped on that one. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. Not just today, but all week long. I know it can't be easy to press play on a hockey podcast this time of year. (laughs) But I'm grateful that you're here. Thank you.